Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone and welcome. We are the Lib Slayers, Tony and Clem. Our mission is to bring global awareness to the general public while exposing the legacy media and its demonic globalist overlords. How you doing today, Clem? Really good, Tony. I think what I'd like to get down to today is where is America today in this culture war that we are embroiled in uh, and how have we gotten, Where? what are the origins of the culture war, and how have we gotten to the point where we're now uh, even discussing that there is no difference between genders, that a, someone can identify as a five-year-old if they want to, um, that we have blacks uh, self-segregating on college campuses, we have violence being directed towards people of uh, conservative viewpoints. I mean, what are the origins of this culture war that is affecting America so, so poor? Uh, it has brought America to such a polarized state. Tony, you know, I, I think we got to go back uh, in time uh, to the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, something called the Frankfurt School, which came out of Frankfurt, Germany. And it was the the German, you know, Marxist intelligentsia uh, who were engaged in social engineering where they were uh, in Europe found it pretty easy to do. And they looked across the Atlantic and said, hey, we need to go over to the United States and socially engineer them. And they brought with them this idea that in order to, in order to engineer society you have to have a compliant society. In order to get a compliant society, you have to have a divided society. So they attempted to divide America uh, along class lines, rich versus poor, you know, upper class versus lower class, blue collar, white collar, you know, whatever. But it really, but it didn't work because um, we didn't care. Them, 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 forget, them forgetting that uh, the origins of their home countries being all monarchs at that time, pre-World, you know, pre-World War One. You know, they all came from a cultures that 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 would work because it was kings, queens, dukes, and the peasants. 
Yeah, it didn't work in America. Way, in Tell us view, why. Tell us why it didn't work in America. Well, you know, and in their view, that was those stations uh, in their version of whatever caste system or whatever you know hierarchical system they were using. Those stations were, you know, sold as divine right too. By the way, right? Like, oh, well, we're you know better people, so we deserve this. Well, you know, what was the what is you know was the king, but God's chosen leader. Right, that was always his fallback position. You know, oh, you can't question me because to question me is to question God because God put me in charge of you. So shut the fuck up and go back to the field that I own. You know, that, that I'm going to make you, you know, work and give me everything and then I'm going to let you live. So the problem right. is, if I don't, if I don't call you up to be a, if I don't call you up to be a soldier to go fight for me too. Yeah, in a false flag because I'm going to send you know the hordes over to invade the village and then. You know, get everybody, and then round everybody up to go fight the hordes that I hired, so that I can take everything from you to finance my army to provide you with, you know, neither liberty or security. But anyway, at the end of the day, it didn't work here uh, because you know what? We were founded on this notion of equality, right? We we get we threw off the king, we threw off the nobility, um, and we frankly didn't really give much a shit about class. So they found out that it that it didn't work, and when they realized that, um, they started exploiting, you know, some the the trauma of, you know, slavery, which of course was not unique to America uh, at the time. Um, but they started, you know, working on the oppressed versus the oppressor, uh, and pitting society against each other in that way. Uh, and we see it to this day. Uh, you're, you know, if you listen to the legacy media, the establishment media complex, if you listen to them, uh, you are either an oppressor or the oppressed. You're either a victim or the victimizer. You know, and everything's all about victim uh, currency and identity politics. And this, you know, and this is engineered. This is what the social engineers do. This is what they did. They it get it gets us to where we are today, where we can't even have a substantive conversation on an actual policy without one side of the conversation or both, and I believe there's more than two, uh, devolving into making it a, a moral issue of, well, you don't agree with me, so you're an evil person. Or, you know, or you know what, I, I don't even want to hear what you have to say about it because, you know, you're just a disgusting human being that shouldn't even have the right to vote kind of stuff. Uh, Absolutely. And it's out of and I think it's all, you know, it's devolved with the dumbing down of the population to a point. It's a easy form of politics to grab onto because it allows you to completely negate any research or critical thinking because you've allowed yourself to be put into a group that only the opinion of the group matters. And even though you might be diametrically opposed to actually what it's saying, you can't leave the group without being ostracized sometimes violently but mostly you know socially from that group as a traitor uncle tom whatever you want to call it and you are villainized for having any kind of crit or any kind of singular opinion you're right and you and so why even why even have the conversation right why even talk about an issue like you know what name it whatever it is uh, keystone pipeline you know let's make Let's make let's line everybody up on both the, the people that are for it are obviously you know the oppressors and the people that are against it are the oppressed and we'll just start there 
and then we'll hurt everybody into those two groups, and then we'll make it a, a moral issue about how immoral it is for the oppressors to be oppressing and, and, and how the oppressed have a moral right to be heard and get their uh, viewpoint uh, converted into public policy. And this is how it's done. So nobody has to get down to the nuts and bolts of, of, you know, what is the actual environmental impact? What is the real actual science behind it? And not only that, what is the compromise between the impact that it's going to have, you know, on the environment and what it's going to, what's the impact that it's going to have on the economy and, you know, jobs and the ability of parents to feed their children, which is like the primary duty, right? If you're a parent, you're supposed to feed your kids. Absolutely. And if you can't even get down to that level of the conversation, then there can't be a compromise. And so it's all, it's become an all or nothing game. And, uh, it's, it's been engineered. It's, this has been by intention. Uh, now, when and, would you, what, when it, would you say was the, the point in American history where these, these ideas really grabbed hold, they made it into somewhat, you know, what we say mainstream, talking points whether in media or whether in academia what what period in the united states history was were these ideas starting to be really pushed and you actually started to see some of uh, the results of this indoctrination really well i mean I, i you know i think you can point to really a long trail of intersections that the social engineers encountered and tried to to capitalize on and sometimes they missed, and sometimes they had to go back to the drawing board and rework it and come at it again. But I think the modern version of what we're dealing with, I think, really began to you know, come to fruition during the Vietnam War. Right? You had the anti-war movement. Um, you had students for a democratic society, which sounds really good. But in fact, students for a democratic society you know, are basically cultural Marxist socialists, um, <clears throat> which is interesting because... Uh, apparently, we were supposed to be fighting communists in Vietnam, uh, and the anti-war movement was a bunch of communists. So, you know, go figure. Although yeah. at the same time, the Vietnam War was a hoax. I mean, the the Gulf of Tonkin resolution passed by LBJ, signed by LBJ, where it you know it's based on a fraud. It never happened. The Gulf of Tonkin incident never actually happened. There was no legitimate reason to escalate troops into Vietnam. So that was engineered. Now, that was capitalized on, and then that gave birth to, and gave rise, if not birth, rise to an even more vocal, a louder anti-war movement that was allegedly the liberals. Uh, and then they ended up getting co-opted uh, by the cultural Marxist social engineers along with, you know, and, and, and on the surface, it seems like they're conflicting. You wouldn't think that the CIA and the anti-war movement of the 60s would would line up anywhere but then fast forward all these years later and you got a a a a liberal former director of the CIA John Brennan who admittedly voted for a socialist when he was a kid right and now being hired by the fourth estate MSNBC the most watched cable news channel uh, in the in the establishment media complex so we also have up. to add we also have to have that the uh... Mr. Brennan was also converted to Islam while stationed in Saudi Arabia, of all places. Not a not a place known to practice what we would say moderate Islam, if you could say there is a thing. But 
that was your former CIA director, man instrumental in actually taking the word Islamic terror out of all the field manuals at the CIA. Right, and by the way, formulating those that ideology into you know mainstream journalism, the fourth estate because it doesn't exist anymore. The you know operation you don't need Operation Mockingbird anymore. Now you've got the the former head of the CIA himself as an employee, a commentator on an alleged news channel, right? Uh, I give a quick, uh, real quick reference of Operation Mockingbird for people who don't know what that is. Well, I mean, you could look Very it up. Quick. It's pretty quick. There's even like a Wikipedia, and I don't put a lot of stock in Wikipedia because, you know, for obvious reasons, but, I mean, it, it did, it's not a conspiracy theory. It did exist. Chances are, to a degree, it probably still does, maybe under a different name that gets funding, whatever. But essentially, it's a taxpayer-funded CIA operation to infiltrate uh, news media uh, by CIA operators who are you know, recruited right out of journalism schools. And, you know, they're, they're told, hey, you know, you're, you know, obviously they're targeted based on profiles, et cetera. But, you know, they're told, hey, you're a patriot. You're going to do good things for the country. And, you know, we need you. And then, and then, they, and then they embed themselves in, you know, uh, establishment media complex. And they go about getting jobs, working their way up. And now they're in places where they can make an impact and relay the talking points of the CIA. Which, by so the basically, way, is, in essence, truly the voice piece, the voice, the voice box of the CIA is right. your mainstream media. Yeah, and and let's make no let's make no bones about it. These these are the globalists. These are the internationalists. The the CIA. You know, you, growing up in school, believing the propaganda, you would tend to think that somehow these guys are the vanguards of of patriotism, the vanguards of liberty and freedom in America. But it couldn't be further from the truth. These are the global fascists. These are the guys behind the merging of the corporate and government powers around the world to social engineer the world. Because I think the Frankfurt School realized that with America, you've got to engineer them first and get them on board. Because without us, you know, you can't socially engineer the rest of the world all the way because we are going to be the alternative freedom. You know, people look at us and, you know, everybody from around the world wants to come here because there is still opportunity and freedom. It's the last bastion. There is no, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that is, you know, they look to, they think of Western Europe, they think of places like Great Britain, that they think that they are the same democracies with the same rights we have here. There is no freedom of speech in any European country. No. You are not allowed you say the, to say, you say the wrong thing whatever you're going you want. To jail. You are going to jail. A police officer is knocking on your door and showing you your tweet or your Facebook post and he's got guys with you yeah with him that are going to take you to prison okay that's great that is great Britain that is you know what we think is what people think is a free country you're not allowed to be armed you're not allowed so what what better there's a camera on every there's a camera on every light post and so what better way to destroy the freedom of speech in America than to stop speech to stop people from talking to each other, right? To eliminate the ability of the people to actually, you know, because clearly in these, in these European socialism model countries, the reason they have hate speech laws, the reason you don't have a freedom of speech is because they can't, the social engineers, the technocrats can't allow the common people in these countries, the underclass, the non-privileged, right? They can't be policymakers. So and if you can't discuss an issue, if you can't have critical conversations on the issues and understand them, then you're always going to simply, you know, vote the party line, vote what you're being told back to the, 
you know, divide and conquer through oppressor oppressed. In Europe, it's still class warfare. Here in the States, it's oppressor oppressed. And they can't get rid of it. They can't repeal the First Amendment here. They don't have the political capital to do it yet. But effectively, you don't have to when, you know, somebody who disagrees with the idea that a nine-year-old kid who might be thinking, you know, he's really a girl, the state should be able to provide that kid with a transgender reassignment surgery or against the wishes of the parent, okay? If you disagree with that, then you're evil and you need to be shut down and you should be put in jail and you're a horrible freaking person because you're oppressing this this trans kid, right? So again, it's not about the trans kid. He's just a tool and he's a tool for shutting down the speech. He's a tool for keeping people from having genuinely critical insightful calm discussions about these very important issues absolutely and now we see the phenomenon uh as of recently of the that uh everyone is now a survivor and yeah. uh just you know as we've seen with this recent school shooting in florida you know now that people that were located you know 500 yards from the actual event or the actual shooting are now claiming to be survivors of that shooting. I want you to go into a little bit about this new phenomenon that they're uh, trying to get enrooted into this culture. Well, you know, again, it's the social consciousness and it's the focus of the social consciousness. And it's pretty insidious. It's pretty underhanded and, it, and it's pretty unfair. And again, it's pretty abusive. Uh, in a way, it's a form of gaslighting, I think. And, and really what it's doing is, again, it's playing into the oppressor-oppressed, right? Um, because if you are, you know, for the rights that the Second Amendment outlines and, and uh, recognizes, by the way, it didn't establish the right to keep and bear arms, it just simply recognizes the right to keep and bear arms, which is a pre-existing unalienable, inalienable right. Uh, if you're for given that, down then, by a, Given down by our creator. Yeah, handed down by God. No government on earth has a high enough power to just simply arbitrarily suspend that right, no matter how you might feel. It has nothing to do with feelings. But if you, but if you're now a, a shooting survivor, then you're part of the class. You're part of the victim class. You're part of the oppressed. So, you know, by calling all these by people that actually are not survivors, it's not like they got shot in the chest and survived the shooting. Right? It's not like they were in the room two feet away and the guy ran out of bullets. I, I would even say that that's you know, a survivor. But if you were like in the bus barn and you didn't even know what was going on until an hour later when, you know, the kid was picked up at McDonald's uh, by the cops, you know, are you really a school shooting survivor at that point? I mean, I mean I by the logic that they're pushing, by the, I mean, by that narrative that they're pushing, I mean, you and I have, you know, we've both been to the Pacific Ocean. You and I have survived roughly thousands of shark attacks <laughs> right and and lightning strikes i've survived thousands and, of lightning strikes and a million millions today, of times a year lightning hits the earth and my god we i survived so i'm now a lightning strike survivor and actually today i was very lucky the idea is i was very lucky i survived a bank robbery today when i went to uh, the atm at the bank that's right because it happened so I'm a, and it's random and it could have been you but it wasn't so today you survived a, an armed robbery that never actually happened to you. Right. It's absolutely it, it, so amazing. look, I mean, I get it. I have, look, there's some sympathy involved here, right? 
if you were in one of these classrooms and, and saw the shooter come in and gun some people down, yeah, clearly you are a survivor and you were exposed to the trauma of it. If you were nearby, you know, you've probably been traumatized to it. But are you really a survivor of it? I mean, which just on a side note, by saying it, it also funny, which we have heard nothing but statements from people that were in the school, but we have not heard one eyewitness statement that saw this guy actually shooting people. And no, I, I, I have, found I that to hear, be very... No, I, I did hear uh, there was a town hall put on by a, a uh, Democrat media complex station that I'm not going to mention uh, the other day. And the, and, the, and, the, and the commentator was like, hey, I want you know, this student to stand up and ask their question. They were there. They watched their friend die. But, but you're right. I have not heard any of the witnesses from the shooting say, yes, I saw Cruz with an AR-15 in his hand gun my you know, friends down. I've not heard that. I'm not sure that uh, I yeah, hear that. But. I, I, if anyone could find it, please let us know. But uh, I've, I found that. I just kind of thought about it. I'm like, you know, I've only keep hearing from these, these kids that were just in the general area. I haven't heard anybody. The one, the one blonde girl that said, well, I walked with him after. Yeah, and also thought, implying that know, it was thought, a possible oh, other shooter, but yeah, there girl. was nobody there. Nobody there. And the actual kid's reaction was, huh? You know, <laughs> and, you know, nobody actually, we have not heard, I have not, and I've been watching this, I would like to think pretty diligently. Well, you know, uh, at a minimum. No one actually talk about it. Well, said, at a minimum, yeah, I would him. think that that, I, at a minimum, I would think that that is actually a newsworthy account, right? Like, if you, if you were a person that was in one of these classrooms and actually saw this kid come in the room and blow away your friends, that's probably a pretty newsworthy interview. But we're not getting those. What we're getting is, you know, scripted questions at a scripted town hall that was on the shelf ready to go when the next school shooting happened, right? We've got the, the you know, the establishment media complex once again uh, – pulling out all stops and utilizing its resources, okay, to establish a forum uh, to, to basically capitalize on the deaths of these kids and to capitalize on the, tr- this, the trauma state of the kids that went through this in order to push an agenda and then and lump everybody into one of two camps. Either you're the oppressor, i.e. the Second Amendment supporters, because it's your fault, the reason the guy, you know, you're the reason the guy got the gun. Because if we just get rid of the Second Amendment, there would be no guns. And if there's no guns, my friend would be alive. Or you're the victim, i.e. the survivors, so you're the oppressed. And it's just, I mean, it always comes back to that. And, and again, I, you know, I wouldn't even get too far into the weeds about the merits of either side of the gun debate, but I would point out that, that it's the emotional charge behind it. Hey, my friend died. You know, you saw the guy, he was all pissed off about his kid getting killed. I would be too. You know, but that's the thing. It's, it's an emotional it's it's instead of focusing on hey let's interview this kid that saw what happened let's let's interview this dad that's pissed off and hurt and in trauma right now and grieving over the loss of his child and let's make sure that he's seen as the oppressed and his child was the oppressed and let's pit him against the oppressors and it's not so much about the merits of either side of the argument as much as it's about a continually a continuation of this social engineering of shutting the people up stopping people from having conversations with each other I think uh, the globalists have definitely realized after the, the um, Trump's election that the power of social media did not go the way they had planned. Because they had thought with the whole idea, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, all 
uh, censoring everything of dissent to their insane opinions. But it was they thought that it was going to be the apparatus to be able to control all thought, all ideas, through plugging in all their little uh, talking points they want people to repeat. But what it ended up doing is it galvanized a population that thought a lot of people didn't think like themselves and they realized they weren't alone anymore. And it turned on them. And I think that's why you're seeing the hyper, uh, the hyper uh, censoring that's been going on lately as a result of the fear now that, wow, these things got out of control. These people started organizing on the apparatus we used to actually, we thought was going to use to shut them down. Now we've got to even turn it up a notch because we're losing. Right. And, you know, and let me, let me point something out that is kind of like a breadcrumb of truth. Right, that proves that all these things are about keeping the people in the two classes of the oppressed versus the oppressor so that we can't communicate and talk, so that we can't oppose the social engineers in what their agenda is. And we can talk about what that actual agenda is later, but for instance, uh, how is it that we go from, if you are a Christian baker, uh, because you are a publicly available business that you didn't build, apparently, according to Barack Obama. You didn't, you didn't build all the stuff that made that happen. Uh, and so you have a social responsibility to bake the cake for the gay marriage that you disagree with. Yet at the same time, the very people that said that, the very people that declared that that is the moral position that has to be taken and that has to be the matter of policy to the point of running these poor people out of business and, and they lost in court and lost their business and everything else and scared the shit out of anybody else that might want to try to refuse baking a cake. Yet that standard is not applied to people like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, who are allowed to publicly and openly uh, discriminate against and restrict access to their platforms by people that they politically disagree with. Okay, so, so it's a lie, right? Because there is no consistency. It's, a, it's an opposing... It's, uh, it's two completely uh, hypocritical views. So it points to the fact that they don't want speech, that these issues are being used to stifle speech, not just in the direct censoring of, of content and opinions that they don't agree with, but by dividing the people who might actually have a conversation along emotional lines and, and moralistic lines. And, this, I mean, and, these are not, these, and then these are absolutely not conspiracy theories. It was revealed just, I mean, this year, Project Veritas infiltrated. Oh, yeah, the shadow banning. The, all the of them. The and you got to hear it from of the, all I mean, the opposing views yeah, on these YouTube. Were, these weren't, these weren't uh, you know, just low-level employees. These were directors of entire branches of YouTube, Twitter, all these co- major companies. No, it's part on, of their model. I mean, they've admitted it. They've on, admitted it openly in interviews in the, in the media that, you know what, we can't allow. And, and by the way, and then... And then they, if there's any pushback to it, like, well, we're censoring the Russian bot fake news thing, right? They just discredit it by saying, well, it's not a valid opinion, right? The very, uh, you know, supposedly the, the party of science, right, is not actually using science. They're using weaponized corporate uh, power to restrict and barring entry into a marketplace of ideas, the battlefield of ideas, and Which I would, and this. I would, and I would just one more time reiterate: it's not, it's not so that they can only present the views that they agree with. It's to stop the people that disagree with each other from even having a conversation. Absolutely, I think that's actually a great place to end.
this first episode of Lib Slayers. I would like to thank everybody out there for listening. Uh, it's truly a blessing to be living in the greatest country in the world. Uh, always remember, though, everyone out there, those who would sacrifice liberty for security deserve neither. God bless you and God bless America. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.